welcome back to Leffa, the podcast that brings you the real stories of people that flow to and from the coast. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in to Series 2 so far. I hope you're enjoying these conversations with people who just bring so much creative flair and positive energy to their communities. I'm honoured to welcome my next guest, Joe Taylor. Joe is the founder and CEO of The Wave Project, a surf therapy charity who harnesses the power of the ocean to improve the mental health of children and young people. With over 6,000 volunteers across the UK, I sit down with Joe to discuss the impact the charity has on so many people's lives. Hey Joe, how are you doing? I'm fine Lucy, thanks, yeah. How are you? Good, yeah, good, thank you. Um, as I said, thank you so much for, for joining me on the Left of Podcast. Um, it's incredible the work that you guys are doing with the Way Project. Um, so I'd love to sort of go back to the beginning um, and talk through sort of how, how it came about and sort of where you were at and where you saw that kind of gap to support um, young people and, and literally harness the power of, of the ocean for their sort of mental and physical um, sort of support. So yeah, if you'd be awesome just to go back to the beginning, if that's all right. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess for me, um, started very much as a as an experiment. I, I you know, went into into surf therapy before the concept was really there, and um, no one was really thinking at that time about you know that kind of form of therapy. Mm. I think um, it's amazing actually how much the world's changed in quite a short time in this in this sort of in this, in this kind of sector. Therapy back then was you know, talking therapies, it was um, uh, psych- um, kind of uh, different psychological therapies. Mm. Um, and if that didn't work, you know, it was medication. That was kind of the pathway really to supporting people with, you know, uh, emotional challenges, trauma and distress. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it still is. But I think what's changed has been much more of an awareness and an understanding that doing things that people find really stimulating and enjoyable and engaging especially when they're around a bunch of people who are quite supportive and and trying to kind of give them that help to do it can be as therapeutic Mm. and often with less negative side effects from some of those other other approaches especially Mm. for children um so uh, yeah, so things have changed a lot. So I guess back back then it was very much a kind of um, will this work? It's it's an interesting idea. Mm, okay. uh, let's give it a try. Yeah. yeah. Did you have much resistance at the beginning, um, as it being such a, a new type of therapy? And I guess the word therapy, as you just said, like looking at that as a in a positive light or in a positive sense, rather than a um, I guess a negative connotation. Yeah, no, it really did actually. It was um, it was very difficult in those days to convince anyone that this was uh, a legitimate thing to yeah. do. I think um, it helped that uh, with the Wave Project's pilot scheme, it was NHS funded. That massively helped yeah. because I think it reassured people that what was being delivered, you know, was robust and um, you know was had some. Um, had some merit at some level, I think, um, especially uh, the clinicians and people making the referrals into the scheme. Mm. I think we felt more confident because it was an NHS scheme. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, 
Um, at that time, we didn't really have any evidence that this was going to work. It was it was quite experimental. Mm. Um, but uh, so the NHS gave us that that credibility, but they also gave us some practical support as well in terms of uh, measuring and evaluating the impact of the scheme. So we were given the time of um, a clinical psychologist to help measure impact of, of okay. uh, self therapy. And I think that made a massive difference too, because by the end of the pilot, we actually had a, a pretty solid impact report that had been oh, overseen mm-hmm. by a psychologist. And that gave certainly gave me a lot more confidence than perhaps I would have had otherwise yeah. to yeah. try and continue it. Yeah, absolutely. At that point, so was that in um, 2011 when you first started the WAVE project? Is that when you kind of went through this trial period? Yeah, the, the pilot was 2010, so it's okay. September to October 2010 was actually delivery phase mm-hmm. of the pilot. A couple of months before that, we'd been working to just set up the referrals and talk sure. to potential referrers and so on. Meet, you know, speak to the young people themselves and all that kind of side of it. Mm. And then there was a period of evaluation after that. So the pilot kind of ended really in sort of November 2010. Okay. Um, and then it was on really on the strength of the report that uh, I founded a, a charity in January 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so just after Christmas. Um, to, as a sort of vehicle, really, to try and develop some kind of surf therapy program. Yeah, yeah. So from from that point, um, I guess, as you say, you're seeing that impact. What does that look like? How did you always aim uh, surf therapy towards a younger audience and, and children who've been through trauma? Or was it kind of across the board just trying to get people into the ocean and experiencing that? Well, our focus was children, but I think now it's you know there's been a number of other programs that have been developed for adults as well, and those the results of those have been really positive. So I think there is a lot of emerging evidence that actually anyone can benefit from um, a program, you know, a properly coordinated program of surf therapy, um, and it seems to help with a lot of different areas of mental health mm-hmm. um but i mean uh, my charity the wave project our, our focus has always been children and young people and i think the reason for that is because our rationale was really first of all um there isn't very much out there for children and young people's mental health actually mm-hmm. there's uh, services are limited and stretched so it's good to be able to cater for that group mm-hmm. but also there's a lot of evidence that that it's as young people that you can make a difference you can make a real strong difference to um to a, a developing brain you know mm, yeah give it give it that that chance of um not going into the kind of more chronic mental health problems that people can sometimes face in adulthood and i think those are much harder to to solve i mm. think it's not 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 impossible i think but harder mm. so uh, we kind of fall into the kind of early intervention category i I guess of of mental health support and i guess that 10 10 years has has gone by since you started that um since you started the charity and i guess those young children at that point are now adults and have you seen that obviously you'd have seen so many children go through your program um but have you are you still in touch with 
some of the people you started working with back in the day and see the kind of positive effect it's had on their lives. Yeah, we are actually. Yeah. And it's really lovely to see that and um, see what amazing, you know, young adults they've now become. And a lot Mm. of them are doing incredible things. I mean, some of them are still involved in the charity. Quite a few of them um, are still mentors now, surf therapy mentors, helping other children and young people. So, you know, we see quite a bit of them, which is which is really nice. Obviously, some of them we've lost touch with, as you would Mm. expect. Um, And, you know, I think a large number of them have really benefited from it. Um, so it, it's always quite difficult to pinpoint exactly what it is that's helped someone. But I think certainly the weight of the evidence seems to be that, um, you know, qu- quite a short intervention really um, can make quite a big difference if it's uh, the right one at the right time in someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you founded it in Cornwall, um, but now I was reading, you have is it 6,000 volunteers around the UK and um, it's, it's amazing. So in terms of bringing support around the UK and around different parts of the UK, have you, have you found it challenging in certain areas um, when you kind of brought this new concept to that place? To be honest, not, not really. That's not been the, bringing it a new project somewhere has, for us anyway never been mm. a challenge in the sense of getting people to um want to help out and take part and i think people seem to instinctively um get it i mean especially yeah. you know the surf community in an area quite often just clicks with the idea and wants to help and you know they rally other people and quite quickly you've got a group of dedicated volunteers trying to you know effectively run the project and this is kind of how we've grown it really it's usually been by you know sometimes an individual sometimes a small group just saying Mm -hmm. yeah we we like this idea we want to try and deliver it here and our job as a charity has really been to facilitate them to do that yeah provide Mm -hmm. some guidance and training try and keep them rooted within an evaluation framework that Mm -hmm. you know we know works um and try and help them raise money because you know we work with the surf industry as well mm-hmm. to provide you know equipment and um coaches and safety cover and stuff like that yeah yeah so there is a bit of a cost but yeah it's grown quickly mainly driven by people just wanting to set up a surf therapy program in their area oh brilliant um yeah so in in, in a way that part of it's been like really organic been organic yeah mm. yeah Oh, it's brilliant. And I guess um, I was also reading about how you um, there's other surf, sort of surf therapy that has been recognised around the world now and you're part of a, a kind of a group. Is there, could we go into that a little bit more? Because has that, has that helped uh, sort of elevate what you do to another level and um, just raise even more awareness of that? I d- yeah, I think definitely. Um, mm. You know, I, I think, and this is what I mean, I, I think, you know, the credibility of the whole sector has become... Uh, much greater I think partly driven by just the amount of people doing it and Mm. you know people with you know quite serious professional backgrounds you know um, clinical psychologists psychotherapists um, you know occupational psychologists um, GPs doctors uh, you know setting up programs because they can see it works you know people Mm. want to do stuff that works it works and there's no really heavy downside which is so often associated with mental health interventions and i think they've got a lot better if you go back to sort of the 50s you know it's 
shocking to be honest some of the things that yeah, the, yeah. the patients were having to go through but I think that's improved a lot but I think something like this it doesn't do any harm you know it's very mm. uh, taking someone for a surfing lesson is unlikely to uh, harm them either physically or psychologically as long as it's done well yeah um, yeah but it might have some really profoundly great benefits for them and I think that's got to be a good thing Mm. um and I think people have have realized that and realized that actually the interventions are quite simple to set up as well you you don't necessarily need lots of infrastructure okay um you you just need a sort of a model that works and a, a way of working that genuinely tries to support people in a sincere way yeah and I think um that seems to have a really positive effect on their mental health. Mm. So, yeah, and it's great that um, the ISTO movement has started and um, yeah. I think there is more than 80 surf therapy programs worldwide now, oh, wow. okay. uh, all over the world, you know, Africa, um, the US, Europe, Australia, Asia. Um, great to see. And, mm. um, you know, so, you know, we think we've discovered a kind of a low-cost, effective intervention that helps people yeah um, absolutely. and um yeah great <laughs> yeah it's brilliant more of it it is yeah. brilliant um we just before we press record we mentioned the um the conference that's coming up um mm. there that's what are the dates of it sixth to the 10th of october soon isn't it yeah that's right yeah so well this is sixth to the eighth is the actual sixth conference the and on the 10th we're doing a global paddle out for mental oh, health wow. which is more of them it's kind of linked to the conference, but not directly part of it. Mm, okay. So the conference itself, what's the aim of what's the aim of that? Is it again awareness and and showing the impact of what it can have? Yeah, well, the conference, so we started so back in 2017. Um, there's a surf therapy organization in South Africa called called Waves for Change, which mm, yeah. held um a uh it was really actually a kind of like an evaluation um conference really they got they had some funding to kind of explore evaluation of surf therapy so we went along to that along with i think there was five other surf therapy organizations and ways to change Mm -hmm. themselves so there's only seven of us there but we sat around talking about how can we make sure we measure impact of surf therapy and stuff like that yeah and that grew into the international surf therapy organization Mm -hmm. movement because part of what we at the time, we were getting a lot of people contacting us as individual organizations saying, I'd like to set up a surf therapy program in, I don't know, the south of France or Italy mm-hmm. or, you know, wherever. Um, and we weren't really quite sure what to do. We couldn't go off there and physically help them set these programs up. So we thought, well, can we find some kind of a collective way of, of helping people mm-hmm. on board their own ideas? So that's what ISTO was really designed to do, was okay. to try and enable people to set up their own projects, but do it in a way where they had paid some attention to um, the evaluation touch points that actually were going to help. And we weren't setting yeah. up projects that were going off d- d- on, in the, on the wrong wrong direction. Yeah. Cool. So it was really an enabling organisation. That was the, the, the initial purpose of it. And it's it's grown and grown. And so in 2019, there was a conference in California, mm-hmm. um, uh, which ISTO organized and I think there was about 100 people went along to that um, I was there as well it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was I think it was really energizing you know and yeah. so much people wanted to do and there was people working with there was a, a group in New Zealand working with like Maori 
um, kind of people who were experiencing drug and alcohol problems. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a bunch of people working in Somalia, you know, with surf therapy. There was, you know, people in, you know, uh, Peru doing it with children. You know, all these things. This is amazing, you know. Mm. So we tried to then start organizing this, making this conference a global conference. Okay. Then, of course, the pandemic happened in 2020. So there was just a virtual version of it. And at the Wave Project, what we suggested as well, there's quite a lot of organizations that can't get to California. So Mm. should we just organize like a a European offshoot of this conference? But then in the end, Isto just asked us to host the whole thing uh, in Cornwall. Um, So we ended up this year anyway, hosting the the global conference. So that's what we're doing Mm. in October. Um, And yeah, um, uh, I'm not sure when your podcast is going out, but um, tickets are still available if anyone wants Just before. I thought that was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone wants to buy one. Um, So yeah, you can get digital tickets and um, just come along watch the speeches and talks and involve yeah. that way if, if you'd like to yeah that's brilliant um, how did um how did the pandemic affect um the charity uh, did it have obviously yeah volunteers and everything yeah else? Mm. well with, with our charity with the wave project actually ended up leading to a huge spike in uh, demand and we ended mm-hmm. up um our team worked all through last winter mm. delivering surf therapy programs because it was one of the few things that young people could still do. It was delivered outside. The government had made some provision for mental health support, which mm-hmm. we qualified for. So we were able, uh, we couldn't work in the first lockdown, but in lockdown two in November and lockdown three in January, we, we were out delivering. Okay. And we actually got a contract yeah. with uh, the Department for Education to work with families affected by COVID. So we, had, we were flat out, to be honest, mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic doing mm-hmm. surf therapy. Um, and I've remained pretty flat out, frankly, because lots of people want to do it. And yeah, yeah. Um, we took on a lot of extra staff this year to try and help deliver our programs. As you mentioned, Lucy, you know, we've got mm-hmm. um, 6,000 volunteers registered with the charity now. And the challenge is always trying to find, get them all involved in some way and, and yeah, find yeah. enough sessions for them to attend. Um, so yeah, we are kind of flat out with delivery um, mm. at the moment, trying to reach as many people as we can. So for anyone looking to volunteer, how does that how does that look? How do they kind of get involved? Well, I mean, people are welcome to um, fill in our volunteer registration form on our website, waveproject.co.uk. Um, click on volunteer and mm. fill in the form. Um, and then we'll be in touch with um, there's some online training that they can do. Okay. Um, and we try and organize some in-person training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they've done all of that, they can come along to the sessions and start uh, mentoring the young people yeah. um, themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, I mean, there are some people as well who like to volunteer, but not as a mentor and you know, like doing, you know, fundraising or doing other things. Mm. So we're always keen to hear from them too. Because yeah, um, yeah, I mean, we're a voluntary organisation. You know, so yeah. we depend on our on our volunteers to mm-hmm. to function. Yeah, of <laughs> so course. Always keen to hear what's, from people. Yeah, no, I was going to ask actually. Um, what's your your background it's, itself? Are you from a? Do you come from a charity background in terms of your work before? Um, 
the wave project and how did you sort of how did you get involved in it and how did you sort of was it just again quite organic and how yeah well, I didn't really come from a charity but I mean I've never worked professionally in a charity before okay. actually um uh, but I've done a lot of voluntary work and I've always been quite interested in developing ideas and mm. uh, you know I quite like to kind of think of something and then try and bring it to life that's my kind of bag really and think mm. for me personally what I love doing and um but I had worked in the voluntary sector for um I'd worked in an MP's constituency office actually working oh, really? on mm. political campaigns before this um yeah so saving post offices and stuff like that so it's yeah. quite <laughs> I, I, and I'd got some training around managing volunteers and working with them which is okay. really helpful okay um, so I was quite interested in the idea of applying some of this kind of volunteer, um, you know, some of these volunteer approaches to to a mental health intervention. And yeah. um, I thought, well, you know, it's got the volunteers are going to love doing something like this, you know, taking mm. kids surfing. And why wouldn't they want to do it? I mean, quite a lot of managing volunteers is trying to get them to do things they don't really want to do. So I thought, well. <laughs> get them doing things they do want to do then yeah then great and it you know Half working with volunteers it's, it's all about tapping into their motivations for wanting to volunteer and trying yeah. to bring those out and I think what we found is that the surf community particularly just really clicks and gets the whole idea of surf therapy they they, mm. they love surfing they love being in the water they can they want to bring that to other people that they don't necessarily need to know loads about mental health or, or anything that but they can they understand why it would work and yeah yeah you know, so they they engage with it and um and they're good at it you know they 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 bring their love of what they they mm. of the sea and what they and their sport to to these young people and it's just a bit of a, a win-win really and mm. um you know our, our our students love them they're cool they're surfers they're you know they uh, they feel cool being around them and i think yeah the whole thing just seems it to works. work really naturally yeah 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 so, yeah. so yeah. In, in some ways I, I haven't really had to do a great deal in terms of I've just kind of stumbled across something that works and tried to continue doing it it's not yeah. been you know um there's been no kind of grand plan it's not like I mm. sat there with a piece of paper and sketched out this vision I, you know yeah like mo- like most ideas like most things happen you can have yeah. to start it and then it sort of see where it goes and um yeah as yeah. you say the challenges you faced originally and you know in 10 years a lot's probably changed and how it works and the amount of people who are on board with it now and as you say getting the NHS accreditation is almost I can imagine a big hurdle and once you had that it gives you that credibility so um yeah it's incredible Massive, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's incredible yeah, so um thank you so much for thank you so much for talking to me it's so interesting and I know there's so many more questions I could ask you but I um I appreciate you've got the conference soon and yeah we're actually heading down to Cornwall on the 10th so or 9th I think it is actually so I'm going to try and if I can get it's Watergate Bay isn't it I think is that right yeah the, pad, the padlock you're talking about padlock yeah yeah well uh, there's one being organized at Town Beach in New okay, Kingdom, yeah the projects organizing that one but we're inviting people to do one wherever they want to do one. I mean, oh, um, so, you, you know, if anyone wants to do a paddle out on the 10th of October, mm. World Mental Health Day, mm-hmm. just even with a small group of, you know, a few friends, just get your boards and go in and form a circle in the in the water. Mm. 
And if you can get someone to take a photo, that's great. Send yeah. it to yeah. us and, you know, we'll publish it hopefully on the uh, ISTO website. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to make a bit of a statement about uh, mental health, the C and surf therapy yeah. um, and why why it's good for you. And, you know, it's also show some solidarity with people with mental health problems you know, and show that the surf community is, you know, is with them. And, um, yeah, so anyone wants to, to get involved in that you know just 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 do it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for joining me and um thanks, Lucy, yeah. yeah no thanks I really appreciate your time and um hopefully see you down in Cornwall soon yeah we'll stay in touch yeah, yeah we'll do thank you thank you okay bye you too Thanks for listening, guys, and thanks to Joe for joining me on that episode of the Leffer Podcast. Please do check out the Wave Project's Instagram and website for more information on how you can support the charity.